Welcome to Grace Notes. Our topic today is an unusual one. It is rarely addressed, though it is a subject that is important to God. Let's set the stage. King Saul's pride was the cause of his removal from the throne. He had taken it upon himself to personally offer a sacrifice rather than obey God's instruction to wait for Samuel, who, as a priest, was qualified. He also did not completely destroy a conquered city, though he was told to do so. His motives were wrong. Proverbs 16.18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. God told the prophet Samuel to go to the house of Jesse of Bethlehem, and there he would show him who to anoint as the next king. The story is found in the first book of Samuel, chapter 16, verses 6 and 7. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on his height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. David was the youngest of his father Jesse's eight sons. He was tending the sheep at the time. God did not choose any of the seven that were presented. Instead, he had Jesse call David, and God said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. The reason for God's selection was that David's heart was right before him. His motives were right. On our program today, we're going to take a look at motives. Stay tuned, and you just might learn something interesting about yourself. Though King David did many things wrong, God called him a man after his own heart. Now, some people can't understand why God would say this about David, but unlike Daniel and Joseph, God chose to record David's flaws in Scripture. Why? Because it gives us hope that we, flawed as we are, can have God's favor as well. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we receive the righteousness of Jesus. God does not see us as flawed anymore. Though David sinned, he was not proud. He kept short accounts with God, and God forgave him. His heart was always repentant. Ours should be, too. Is pride really that important to God? Listen to Proverbs six sixteen through 19 Six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Notice, pride is listed first, along with murder, and it's considered an abomination, something disgusting and vile to God. So, the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we proud? Why do we do what we do for the Lord? But before we start beating ourselves up, let's consider another question. Is it wrong to want to earn a reward? In 1 Corinthians nine twenty four and 25, the Apostle Paul writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He also stated in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
God wired us to want to achieve and win a prize. But keep in mind, Ephesians 2, 8-9 says that our works are not to earn salvation, but rather as a thank you to God for what Jesus alone did for us. The Bible is replete with verses that state that God gives rewards. Here are but a few. We will be rewarded for keeping His decrees, Psalm 19, 9-11, being faithful, Proverbs 14, 14, our good deeds, Psalm 62, 12, being kind to the poor, Proverbs nineteen seventeen, giving to the needy and praying and fasting without showing off, Matthew 6, 2 and 3 and 16 through 18, giving our enemy food and drink, Proverbs twenty five twenty two, giving a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, Matthew ten forty two, having faith and earnestly seeking to know God, Hebrews eleven six, forgiving, loving, and praying for our enemies, Matthew five eleven through twelve, both planting seed which is testifying and watering it, First Corinthians three seven through nine, being persecuted for Christ's sake, not because of our own bad personality though, <laughs> Matthew fifteen eleven through twelve, serving God wholeheartedly in whatever we do as unto the Lord and not men. Ephesians six seven through nine and Colossians three twenty three and twenty five, Matthew sixteen twenty seven says the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. You know what? It's okay to want to work for a reward, but we need to assess our motive. Is it to glorify ourselves or God? That same wonderful verse we just read has a counterpart in 1 Corinthians 3:11 through 15. It reads, "No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work." If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. I can't imagine how I'll feel if what I thought I'd be rewarded for is burned up in front of my very eyes. I believe there will be a time of reckoning, and many a sad moment before God wipes away our tears forever. I came across this true story in God's little devotional book, one of my favorites, of someone who had the right motivation. For more than a quarter of a century, Arnold Billy was a rural mail carrier. His daily route took him 63 miles through two counties and five municipalities. Mr. Billy did more than deliver the mail. He provided personal service. Anything a person might need to purchase from the post office, Mr. Billy provided. Stamps, money orders, pickup service... All a customer had to do was to leave the mailbox flag up. One elderly woman had trouble starting her lawnmower, so whenever she wanted to use it, she would simply leave it by her mailbox, raise the flag, <laughs> and when Mr. Billy came by, he would start it for her. Mr. Billy gave a new definition to the phrase, public servant. True Christian servants rarely think of themselves as doing anything other than the ordinary, when what they actually do is, is quite extraordinary. True servants are motivated by love. It's love they know they have received from Christ, and it is love they give. 
The saying goes, the person who does things that count doesn't usually stop to count them. How do we know if our motives are right? I believe that if you are filled with joy at the thought of laying your crowns and rewards at the Lord's feet, who alone is worthy, then what you did, you did for the right reason. This song is so pictorial. Try to picture yourself there as I sing it. Unworthy I am to make a glorious entrance into the grave.
You've been listening to Grace Notes. If you've been blessed by this ministry, your note of encouragement would be greatly appreciated. You can write to us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047, or email us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.